0: Hello and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast. My name is Brooke McCallery.
1: And my name is Ben McCallery. And welcome back to the second second episode of this summer series, Winter Warmies. Really, say it really fast and it's less cringy. Tell us about this episode that you've selected for your <laughs> third favorite episode of all time. Yeah, great. Because it is so different to anything else we've ever recorded. And if you're playing along at home, this was recorded way back. In June two
0: thousand seventeen, right? Yeah, um, which is I don't know two years in to the podcast. Uh, when did we start? Twenty fourteen. Yeah, we were trailblazers.
1: Twenty fourteen, back that right? when no one listened to podcasts.
0: Well, people listened to ours.
1: Yeah, I the know. First
0: one ever. Yeah, <laughs> we launched the first podcast in the world. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is, and you know. I had kind of forgotten about this episode until I started thinking about this summer series, and the reason it came back to me was exactly your point. The format is totally different to anything we've ever done, we had ever done.
1: And I can't believe we haven't revisited it.
0: No, and I think that it's probably inspired us to maybe think about bringing this format back in some capacity this year. Uh, But essentially it is... 50 ways to seriously reduce your food waste and part of it the first kind of half is you and i sharing the many different ways that we have experimented with reducing food waste in our house Mm -hmm. over the years Um, but the second half so it's really tip heavy Um, the second half is made up of all of your tips our listeners and we Opened up for submissions of ideas and, um, you know, suggestions for a couple of weeks, maybe um, using social media back in the day. And the tips that came through were brilliant. And I loved being able to pull together the collective wisdom of everyone Mm. um, and to see the common kind of threads, Threads. the things that people find easier, the things that people still struggle with in terms of reducing food waste. And then when I was thinking about the shows that we recorded in 2021, Alex Stewart touched on the importance of reducing food waste in my chat with her, and this episode kind of popped back into my consciousness. So I really wanted to dig back into the archives and share it with you, because I also think that reducing food waste is one of the most accessible things that all of us can do. To reduce our carbon footprint, you know, personally, but also culturally. Uh, And it's something I think, I don't think you'll find many people who are nailing it all. So Mm. I think that there will be a tip in here that either you haven't heard of before or that you hadn't considered as right for you that might kind of inspire you to try something new. And so obviously it's not just composting.
1: Well, I I think we should get into it. This is episode 169, so we've been doing the podcast for a good two years. At least, yeah. Yeah. So episode 169, it is your number three best episode of all time, Brooke. Let's get into it. (laughs)
0: So we have, quite astonishingly, 28 tips from us and a further 25 suggestions from our audience. Obviously, there's a lot of common ones, mm-hmm. so there's not quite the 50 that we have over on Facebook. But I really just want to get into it. There are so many practical tips and ideas here.
1: Yeah, let's try and make this as practical as possible. And so we'll be very sort of, we'll just list them out almost. Let's be
0: punchy.
1: Yeah, let's be punchy. All
0: right, let's be punchy. So we've broken our tips, when I want to say we, I mean me, <laughs> into a few different kind of general areas. First being planning an organisation as a way to combat food waste. So the first thing I think is meal planning. But not only meal planning, but realistic meal planning. I mean, it's great to, to make a meal plan that looks very fancy and comprehensive and thorough. But if you know that by Wednesday night you're really tired or you're too busy or the kids have soccer training and you have a late meeting and you never cook dinner on a Wednesday night or Thursday night, you're always just too knackered to do what you think you should be doing, don't do it. Make yourself a really realistic meal plan and think it through the foods that you're going to prepare in conjunction with your rhythm
1: Mm. That, it's exactly right. That's exactly what we do. The thing that overrides any meal is movements.
0: Yeah, exactly. So when we have our whip, we usually we just have events and, and things that take us out of the house or out of the office yeah. during the week. And if there is a day where you're in the city till late or I've got a meeting or you're doing mentoring or something, we make sure that that's a leftovers day or it's something that I can pop in the oven, you know, at two o'clock in the afternoon sort of thing. Exactly. So be realistic. Don't worry about what you think you should be doing in terms of meal planning. Do what's going to work for you and the people you live with. Related to this is meal prep. If you are finding yourself too busy and constantly... Throwing away food that you had planned to cook, you know, maybe later in the week I think is pretty common that this happens. People get through to Wednesday, Thursday, then they're tired. You know, they buy dinner or they have leftovers or they just have a really simple scratch it kind of meal. Mm -hmm. Start to think about what you can do maybe on the weekend to prepare ahead of time. So for us that looks like most Sundays, not every Sunday, but most Sundays I will spend maybe an hour, Doing things some
1: form of, yeah, some form of food prep. Yeah, it's
0: it? not the same every week. No. But I'll do something like peeling and slicing up carrot sticks for the kids, lunch boxes. I'll do cucumber sticks and zucchini rounds and all that kind like just steam veggies that we will have two or three times during the week. They're already prepared and sliced up and I put them in big glass jars that I keep in the fridge. Things like carrots, sticks and stuff, I just put a little tiny bit of water at the bottom of those jars and it stops them from dehydrating um, throughout the week. That makes a huge difference. So I can just pull out a jar, pop the, you know, the veggies in there in a saucepan, steam them for a couple of minutes. And that means that I've saved kind of 20 minutes in, uh, in food prep that night. Similarly with, you know, salads and things like that as well. Uh, Some Sundays I'll cut up maybe a pumpkin and sweet potatoes, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, uh, cauliflower and roast two or three big trays of veggies. That's lunches for you and I for at least three or four days during the week, yep. plus a meal or two at night. Again, just going to the to the trouble of preparing them ahead of time means that they don't go to waste because once they're already prepped, we are far more likely, even if we're tired, even if we're kind of over it by the end of the day or at lunchtime, we'll just pull out one of our Pyrex dishes of roast veggies and we've got half a meal prepared already. Put them on a wrap or you know have some leftover meat or falafel and that's a perfectly serviceable dinner
1: so it's all about just buying yourself time on a sunday on a weekend for potentially those busy days that you have during the week and it just means that you're eating better and you know you might even go to the extent where you're actually making full meals for like Five of those days. We know people that do that.
0: Oh, absolutely. And see, our, our situation is different to a lot of people because both of us are working from home. And most days, at least one of us is here to cook at night. Uh, but I know a lot of families, a lot of households, it, that's not the case. So make some fish cakes, make a pasta sauce, mm. make a curry on your Sunday afternoon, pop all of those things in the freezer and pull them out in the morning before you know, before you leave for work, and you've got your your dinner ready, and that is such a nice feeling. Knowing you've got dinner sorted before yeah. you go to work is just the best. It is. It's awesome. Related to this is also buying only what you need.
1: Yeah, basically just buying what you need, and yeah. you do that by when you when we write our list. Well, you do that. This is what we do. May work for you. When we're writing our list, one person is standing. In the fridge or in the pantry. <laughs> and we're listing out these things going, it's like a it's like an audit, it's like a stock take, exactly. really. That's yeah. all it is. But you're you're there, you're actually seeing the things. So you're actually not buying anything that you don't need.
0: That's right. So there's no point in buying three more sweet potatoes if you've already got two in the pantry. Yeah. Uh, and that, again, cuts down on waste. And it also inspires our meal plan for the next week. Like if we've got a pumpkin there, I'll make a pumpkin soup or we'll make sure we do a roast. If we've got, you know, a, a stock in the fridge, then we'll do something with that. We'll do some kind of slow cook. Yeah, and I think that that is probably one of the things, combined with going shopping with a list, can't overstate how important oh, that is, huge. going shopping with a list, that's going to make sure you only buy what you need rather than what you think you need or what you think you should need.
1: They're quite different things. So, Here's a little knowledge nug. No, it's not. It's just me bragging. On the weekend, forgot the list. But because we wrote it down, I just had in my mind, there was like 28 items, I counted, and I missed two. I missed two of the 28. I think that's pretty good. It is very good. Bloody falafel. Falafel and eggs. Falafel and eggs. Pretty staple stuff and I still managed to forget them.
0: Unbelievable. Oh, I don't know. You should be so ashamed. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like we just combined like three tips into one there. But anyway, they still stand. <laughs> so, you know, buy only what you need, go shopping with a list, check your pantry and your fridge before you go and use up what is in your pantry before you go shopping at all and then plan your, your next week around it.
1: Now, this next one is I suck at it. I really do. But you're very good at it. So that's at least one of us is good at it. And that is clean out your fridge before, ideally before or or after you've done the groceries.
0: Well, before makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah, if you clean out your fridge, just make it part of your list writing ritual. And if you do it every week or every two weeks, there really shouldn't be much to it. But if you if you make it a habit to clean out your fridge as you're writing your list, you will get an indication of what you're not eating. So if you know two weeks in a row you've got three oranges left, or you never eat your leeks, or the beetroot are kind of mouldering away at the bottom of the fridge, you know.
1: Are <laughs> <laughs> you laughing? At. You just explained our fridge. Yeah, just then. exactly.
0: Yeah. There's a reason I use those as examples. Mm. Uh, Then you'll know that maybe you should stop buying them because they never get used. You just don't cook with that particular ingredient as much as you think. Uh, But it also gives you an indication of what you've got left. So try and just take the five minutes to clean out your fridge before you go shopping and you will save money and you will also save quite a bit of food waste. And the next one is a big kind of central one for us. We've embraced leftovers and have done for a long time i think leftovers we plan like in our meal plan we plan for at least one night sometimes two a week where it says on our meal plan leftovers and that is the best thing to do like we eat leftovers for lunch but we also make sure that we cook enough to to have leftovers for at least one night a week me- one yeah. night a week
1: yeah our dirty secrets out huh? oh, yes. yep we love leftovers
0: i do and I, I know there's because often
1: it actually tastes better the next day. The, oh yeah. Things like night. pasta sauces and curries oh. and
0: stuff. Absolutely. They just
1: add, there's something more. I don't, I don't understand. there probably be some science to, to it, but probably. it definitely tastes better.
0: Yeah. Uh, but I think one of the, the things a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people, wow. A lot of people say to me, my kids won't eat leftovers. I'm like, well, they will. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm. I, I think that. There's nothing wrong with leftovers. I mean, obviously some things don't reheat as well as others and whatnot, but just don't make them your leftover meal. Yeah, exactly. You know, and people, I think, are getting a bit fussy with this kind of stuff. Like, it's boring to have the same meal twice in a row. Well, first of all, have it two nights apart, we often do. Mm. Uh, Second of all, it's okay to have fewer choices. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think that, you know, with cooking shows and, and all that kind of stuff, we're sold this idea that all of our... Meals need to be like dishes. You know, I've made this distinction before. Like you come yeah, from a family yeah. of dish makers. You know, everything's got to be like a dish and it's kind of
1: like a, dish. like
0: a dish. And I came from a background of meals, like meat and veg. And it took me a long time to realize that I was beating myself up because I wasn't making dishes all the time. It's okay to not have a dish meal all the time. <laughs> A dish meal.
1: It still confuses me. I know.
0: <laughs> All I'm saying is, it's okay to have leftovers, and it's not a failing on you. Like, no, you're probably not going to win Master Chef with leftovers, but who cares? Like, everyone's going to eat it; it'll be fine.
1: Yeah, leftovers. We love them. And related to leftovers is our scratch at nights. Yep. It's not scratchy, itchy, and scratchy nights. I love a good scratch at night as well. Who doesn't? Do you want to just describe what a scratch? At not night really. Is? Because it's less fun. So scratch at night is basically you open up the pantry or fridge and you make whatever meal you see in it. Mm. It's like a challenge. It is a bit of a challenge. Yeah, so often I just go in and and just see how many things I can put in an omelette. Basically, that's my scratch at night. Yep, it is. I
0: don't eat (laughs) omelettes. They give me a watery stomach. Doesn't make sense. I will eat scrambled eggs, but I won't eat omelettes.
1: That's what I'm dealing with here. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so it's fun, Scratch at Nights is fun
0: It is, and we, I mean that can be something as simple as French toast or pancakes as well yeah, you know,
1: we've been known to do that yeah. we,
0: we, We've been known to live on yeah. the edge Occasionally there'll be breakfast for dinner as well, which is kind of fun uh, But yeah, Scratch at Nights are, are tops And it's just one less night you need to buy meat for You need to buy veggies for And you just make do
1: Scratch at Nights are like the poor cousin of leftovers <laughs> Really? Yeah, okay <laughs>
0: Uh in, in a similar vein, be less fussy. Yes, that means, you know, deal with leftovers sometimes. It's fine, it's okay. It doesn't need to be fancy all the time. Deal with the scratch at night occasionally. But also be less fussy in um the food, like uh, your veggies and stuff. Like I think
1: our mean? tendency
0: is our carrots get a bit bendy or a bit floppy. Hmm.
1: Floppy carrots no
0: fun for anyone, am I right? But
1: So what do you mean? Like a floppy carrot or
0: <laughs> you know, you, you, your carrots will go soft after being in the fridge for a week or so, particularly if you don't have them in a container or, you know, wrapped up in a damp cloth or something like that. Mm. They will get sort of dehydrated. And I think our tendency is to think that they are spoiled. Like they're not edible. They're perfectly fine to put in a stew or a pasta dish or to steam or something like that. You, I mean, you might not want to eat it fresh in a salad. Yeah, exactly. But you can grate it up and put it in a sauce so I think that getting less fussy with that kind of stuff and not expecting our food to look pristine in order for it to be edible is important. So if you've got your zucchini's got a brown spot on or it, or a soft spot, cut the soft spot out and use the rest of the the veggie. You know, I think it really speaks to our modern need for things to be perfect looking in order to use them. Mm. And I think that's really at the heart of so much of commercial mm. food waste. Like you look at uh, supermarket shelves all the fruit and veg on there has to look a certain way because that's what us as consumers, it's saying we want. Yeah. Like we want our apples to be spot free and shiny. We want our bananas to be a particular angle of bend and length. And if they're not, are <laughs> you laughing at me? But on War on Waste, they went through the specks of bananas and they had to be a particular bend. They needed like a rounded butt end and they couldn't be too bendy or too straight. And if they were, and this is on the farmers, to throw their stock literally in the bin yeah, because it doesn't fit. So like, I think bring that closer to home and start to understand that a soft spot on an apple doesn't mean you need to chuck the whole apple out. Like freeze the apple, use it for apple sauce or for an apple crumble or something like that, mm. and use your floppy carrots.
1: Mm. Google over ripe bananas uses for mm-hmm. holy moly. Yes. You can basically do anything with them.
0: Yes, you can. We have a freezer full of overripe bananas that we use for heaps of different things, which I'll talk about in a minute. So, yeah, be less fussy. Also, know the difference between best before and used by dates and treat them with scepticism. So best before is a suggestion. And obviously, if it's best before sometime in the 90s, pretty safe to say that it's probably not edible. But if it's best before two or three days ago, that's almost certainly going to be completely fine. Best before is a suggestion. It's saying it's best before mm-hmm. the 5th of June, but it doesn't say that it's going to be unfit for consumption that's after it. the 5th of June. Use common sense. Don't just judge the use by date. Mm. Use by dates are more clear cut, but even so. Like yogurt, sour cream, things like that uh, I don't necessarily stick to the use-by dates. I go off smell and taste instead. And very rarely, I mean, it's really obvious when mm, things have spoiled. Mm, mm. They, your body is quite good at determining when something is not good for you. You have like a recoil. You know, you'll put a bit of yogurt in your mouth that is, it is gone past its use-by date and it is well past use. You can tell, like your body does not want to swallow it. So be a bit more commonsensical, if that's yeah, a word. yeah. Uh, about used by dates and best befores.
1: Yeah, used by dates, dairy, yeah, I reckon a couple of days, you know, after a used by is still pretty good. Usually. Based on the sniff test. But meat, I would never oh, no, no. have meat after a used by date.
0: No, but uh, no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I, mean, I don't eat meat anyway. but No,
1: no. But that's, that's the only time that I will just go, yep, yeah, no, that's yeah. not happening. Because yeah. it's just too much, too much. Tell me. Has is there ever produce that has a best before and a use by date on it? I have no idea. It's an interesting one, isn't it? It's
0: a. It is an interesting question. As in,
1: like it's best before this date, and you need to use. But it must by be this used date. by. Yeah, um, I never see that.
0: No, probably not. Yeah, I'd say the us, a use by date would trump the best before date.
1: Of course, but yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I, I guess it's just use by. Yeah. Anyway.
0: Similarly, treat you know the the. Uh, dips and sauces and things like that 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 say use within five days of opening they're just drives me mad yes there are probably some products that that applies to but uh hummus and things like that i very rarely pay attention to it um pestos and curry pastes and sauces and sauces and you can avoid that by making your own where possible anyway but in the instance where you do have them, and you know, um, coconut yoghurt and stuff like that, they all have this use within five days. It may be the case that those things aren't any good after five days. But in my experience, the vast majority are perfectly fine beyond yeah, that. It's just marketing. Again, it's common just, sense. They just want you to buy more. Yeah. It makes sense for the manufacturers to say that, you know, you, you need to throw it out if it's um, five days or more and then go and buy another tub. So, of course, you can make your own, but also just use the sniff test, use the taste test, use the common sense test.
1: And the last tip in the planning and organisation section of this is use, well, keep those used by date foods right at the front of your fridge. Yes. Like on the top shelf or in the, um, I always find it in the fridge door. Is probably the best.
0: Just have a place for them. Yeah, it can be the top shelf, bottom shelf, wherever. Okay. And just make sure you you look for them and make sure you use those first, and make it a priority to to work through those perishable things before you work through the things that maybe aren't as perishable or aren't coming up to you know to going bad. And I think again, making that a habit is probably the best way to go. Okay. Before we get into the next section, mm. how how are we going for time?
1: Oh yeah, where? We're well over 20. We're getting up there? Okay.
0: All right. Let's just power on through. Let's do a very intentional, slow, fast trip through the rest of these tips. Okay. Good food storage habits are key to not wasting food. Pretty simple. So I do things that are really annoying at the time, particularly when we come home from doing the groceries or going to the farmer's market, and I find myself having to do these. It really annoys me. But it doesn't annoy me when our food lasts. Future Brook. That's right, exactly. Future Brook says thank you to present Brook, who is currently annoyed for having to put all the carrots in a container, for example. So here are rapid-fire food storage tips. Put your dry goods in containers once they've been opened so they don't go stale or get weevils or spoil or just become unusable so things like crackers and flowers and cereal and pasta and oats and that kind of stuff just take the extra 30 seconds required to put them in a plastic container or a glass jar uh, and you'll be you'll be thankful so lots of veggies can be stored in containers in the fridge to stop from being uh, dehydrated over the week or so so celery carrots cucumber sticks carrot sticks zucchini beans snow peas herbs you can trim the ends, pop them in glass jars with a little tiny bit of water in the bottom, put the lids on, and they will keep really beautifully fresh for the full week. That's been my experience anyway. Similarly, with kale, spinach, that kind of green veg, you can um, bring them home from the shops, give them a rinse, trim them, so cut out the um, you know the centre centre vein in your kale and stuff like that, mm. and wrap them in a clean damp tea towel and put them in the fridge. And that stops them from going limp. It stops them from, uh, you know, your dark greens lose all their colour and they go kind of yellowish. And it keeps them really fresh for the entire week. So it's
1: any of your veiny vegetables. Yes, your veiny veg. Yep.
0: With meat, uh, only keep out what you're cooking in the next day or so. Buy bulk, if you can, go to the butcher once a week, once a month, once a fortnight, whatever works for you. But ask your butcher to separate your meat into kind of your portion sizes freeze everything that you're not going to cook in the next couple of days and only pull it out as you need it because otherwise you're going to have those nights where you come home you don't have the time to cook meatballs uh, and the mince spoils Mm. so just keep things in a meal size portion
1: yeah i mean you can only do that if you go to a butcher and we're lucky we've got a great great butcher not everyone can go do that but yeah, it's just just doing portion control.
0: Or even if you can only buy your meat at the supermarket, it's all that's about the fine. Size like size of the, what separate you it your, when yeah, you get home, yeah, yeah, put it in containers yeah. and pop it in the that's freezer. True. Yep. Glass jars are perfect for freezing your excess veggies, whether they're cooked or raw. Um, herbs, sauces, all that kind of stuff can be put straight in the glass jar and frozen. Um, no, they don't crack very often. I think I've had one or two crack ever. Um, and I, that's why I save all my glass jars. I've got like a drawer full
1: of the good quality, of
0: glass the jars. Yeah, 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 sturdy glass jars. Yeah. Uh, similarly, sturdy glass containers like Pyrex with a you know a plastic lid—they're really good for storing um, freezer meals, your meat, bones, any excess veg, all that kind of stuff. Uh, following on though, there's a whole range of tips for the freezer, and these are quite specific little tips that we use in our kitchen. Uh, and it means that our freezer is almost always full of little bits and pieces that we can use in the kitchen but also minimises the food waste. This first one is a tip that Alex Stewart from Low Tox Life gave. Uh, and she said they eat her family eats a whole heap of broccoli and cauliflower every week and they're often left with the stems. Mm. So you can fry them up. like You can cut them up and fry them and add them to your meals. But what Alex does is um, pops them in like a blender and blitzes them up into – Kind of gran like grain sort of sized yeah, pieces. Yeah. puts them on a tray, freezes them, and then transfers that grainy sort of cauliflower stem. Uh, into a jar and she adds it by the cup into pasta sauces and things. So the nutrients go in your sauce. Kids can't taste them. Yeah,
1: because the nutrients are so good in those
0: stems. Yeah, absolutely. So you can do yeah. it. I mean, I've done it for broccoli and cauliflower stems. I'm sure there's other veg you can do it for as well. But it's such a good way of using up those things that usually just get wasted. Like
1: herbs and stuff, like stems of parsley or um, uh, let's think of another herb, then really quickly like coriander. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, exactly. And we've already mentioned that we have a billion bananas in our freezer. Fantastic for smoothies. Just pop them in frozen. Um, so we'll, let's say our bananas get soft. We'll peel them, slice them, pop those those slices onto a tray in the freezer. Once they're frozen, put them into some containers. And I'll just grab a handful when we're making smoothies, banana bread, banana muffins, Protein pancakes, anything that you would usually use a squishy banana in. Your frozen banana is fine as well. Obviously, in some instances, you need to thaw it out. But bananas, you don't ever need to chuck out your soft, squishy bananas, even ones that get bruised in the bottom of the kids' school bags, which happens sometimes in our house. Parmesan rinds are really good to pop in the freezer and then use in soups. I make a really nice broccoli soup, just pop Just a chunk of parmesan rind in there. It gives such a beautiful kind of substantial meaty flavor to it. One of my favorite things to do with um, carrot peelings, potato peels, onion skins, any veggie off cut that is clean is to put it in a casserole dish in the freezer Mm. and add to it. I just add to that dish over maybe two or three weeks. And when it gets full, pull the dish out. Put some water in it, like a significant amount of water, put mm. it on the stove and let it cook for maybe two or three hours until it's really beautiful, rich veggie stock. And it's veggie stock for free. Like we haven't had to buy veg stock for, I don't know, two years, something like that, because we've always got some. And obviously, any excess veg stock you just pop in the jar and freeze it and thaw yeah. it out when you need it. Yeah. Of course, you can do the same thing with bones. Um, fish bones, chicken bones, beef bones, whatever you've got. Just put them in the freezer until you've got a significant chunk. I mean, chicken carcass, same thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then stick Sh- that in a stock shell pot. Shellfish,
1: if yeah. you're lucky enough to eat shellfish. Yeah.
0: you. I mean, you've made a – what do they call it?
1: base. Yes. Yeah, with From, uh, prawn shells. Which was delicious. Mm.
0: So just keep it until you have a significant amount so you can make a really significant stock. And again, freezer is the best place for that. And the last one in the freezer tip section is bulk baking. Really simple, straightforward. Probably once a month, I will spend a couple of hours in the kitchen on the weekend. I'll make a chocolate cake, maybe a date loaf. I'll make a really nice Sarah Wilson, like Snickers kind of slice, which is beautiful. Bliss balls, apple muffins, that kind of stuff. Um, make maybe two or three different things, pop them in containers in the freezer and then the kids can pull them out as, uh, as they need to for school, or I can pull it out when I feel like something to eat as well. To eat. <laughs> uh, yeah, but freezing, it is the way of the future. So then there's a few that don't really fit into any of those sections. One of my favorites and one of the most motivating things I can do to cut down on food waste is to think about food as money. Yeah like specifically picture what that, what that, you know, chicken breast is in dollars. So it might be like $9. So I picture $9 when I see it in the freezer. And if ever we have to throw away food because it's spoiled and we haven't cooked it, I picture tossing away $9 or $15 or $3. It's really motivating.
1: Oh, absolutely. And if you don't want to think about that in microtransactional terms, think about $1 one trillion dollars.
0: Exactly. You look very, very small, or very, very large. Yeah. Both of them are kind of depressing.
1: Or oh, there's another way of looking at it. Looking at it, look at it in terms of like just quantity. So, think 1.3 billion tons of waste. That's that's like a country. <laughs> think of a small country in the Pacific of just food waste, and that's what we throw out.
0: It's no, I can't. I actually can't picture that. But it's just. It seems so obscene, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it does.
0: So before we get depressed, let's talk about more proactive things you can do. Chick, We have chickens. They're fantastic for cutting down on food waste, as in food waste that goes into the bin. Uh, similarly, composting is awesome and worm farms, really good. We did have a worm farm. I managed to kill all the worms. I. It's not my best moment as a sustainable person but uh, they are typically really good for things like uh, juice pulp and eggshells, coffee grind, mm. all that kind of stuff is really good for a worm farm. Really excellent for people who don't have space for composting, apartment dwellers or people with just a small courtyard. You can definitely go the worm farm route and then you get your worm tea, which is really good for all your plants. plants
1: yeah, exactly.
0: I will say though, as my final tip, composting, worm farms, chickens, all that stuff is really good for minimizing food waste, but don't fall into the trap of letting it become your easy out. Be like, oh, it's fine. I'm not wasting food. My chickens can have it. True to a certain point, but if you're still allowing yourself to kind of waste food and let things just sit in the bottom of the fridge and spoil, then you're still tossing money away. So make that, you know, that what you do with the things that you can't do anything else with rather than, I guess, the way of feeling not guilty about it. Uh, that's a really
1: good way of putting it. Yeah.
0: Because yeah. I, I mean, I certainly fell into that trap when we first got chickens. Like it's great. We're getting manure and we're getting eggs and we, we're doing all these great things. But the reality is the chickens don't need to eat like our food. You know, they can eat our scraps. They don't need to eat our food. And it's a lot more expensive to give you chickens food that you're wasting rather than scraps. So that's us. Yeah. In part, all of those things are, are, are things that we, we do, do to yeah. minimize our...
1: I'm really excited to hear about what our listeners do.
0: They're very clever people. All right. Let's get you guys have it. got awesome tips. So there were obviously some common ones, meal planning, composting, yep. backyard chickens, yep. freezer scrap stocks, like I've mentioned, and leftovers. Huge, you know, huge, uh, the majority of tips are surrounding those, those kind of those five ones? common points.
1: Yeah, okay. So let's get into the more uncommon ones or rare <laughs> okay. ones.
0: <laughs> uh, and these, some of these are really specific and really clever. Okay. So, Morgan, her kids often come home from school with apple slices that they don't eat. She puts them in the freezer and they've got enough. They make apple sauce with those slices. If they have a party and they have a cheese plate and uh, all the cheese. Oh, this one. Yes, this one. This is so good.
1: Yeah.
0: So, the cheese doesn't get eaten at a party. It's a little bit kind of hard. It's a little bit sweaty, but you know, it's fine. Like, it hasn't been sitting in the sun for six hours Does or anything Does this
1: include like soft cheese?
0: Um, like I don't know, she didn't and- say, okay. but
1: yeah.
0: um, look, I'd imagine depending on the situation, if it's summer, maybe not, mm. but if it's winter, it could possibly be fine. Anyway, Morgan freezes all the cheese off cuts and then her and her family use that to make uh, homemade mac and cheese sauce.
1: Brilliant.
0: That would be so much nicer than just using like, a crappy cheese or a craft mac and cheese packet. You know, you get to make it out of really nice cheese. I think that's just premium tip from Morgan. Yep. So Candace freezes foods that she – but, like, more specifically, she freezes foods that she commonly uses only part of in her cooking. So let's say her recipe asks for a quarter of a diced onion. She will dice the rest of the onion, pop it in the freezer and use it when she needs, to, when she needs more. Um, lemon and lime juice, you know, often you don't use a whole lemon or a whole lime and the rest of it just sort of sits in the veggie drawer and slowly goes soft and then grows fur. She freezes uh, maybe tablespoon portions of citrus juice. You can definitely do that in um, ice cube trays, stuff like that.
1: Now the next tip comes from Em, and Em's a keen Tetris player. So what she does is (laughs) she likes to keep her top shelf in her fridge with all the food that she'll eat in the next couple of days. So when she eats that or makes or prepares food, she then moves up the food that she'll eat in the next—it is the fridge next Tetris. Day. It is fridge Tetris. So I like it. Um, well done, Em. That's the gamification of food preparation. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, Brianna is also pretty playful. I really like this. She uses she meal plans like a lot of people, but she has a, a framework that makes meal planning heaps easier. So her Mondays are meat free Mondays. Tuesdays Taco Tuesday. Pasta Wednesday, soup or slow cooker Thursday, freezer food Friday, <laughs> kids' choice Saturday, and then on Sunday they do like a big involved kind of meal, which they also might... sets them up for leftovers the next week.
1: So on Sunday they might do a dish.
0: They might, they might do a dish. That's right. Dishy Sunday is what we call it. <laughs> uh,
1: that's great. It is. And yeah. it just makes
0: it like particularly I think when you've got a young family at home, not having to think through all of the – Possibilities for every day when you're meal planning is a godsend. Uh, I know that I find that difficult because our kids aren't the most adventurous eaters, and I think knowing sort of what to aim for on Wednesday, being a pasta, then you know that the kids will eat three or four different pastas, and you can kind of. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear our dog wagging happily wagging his tail, but anyway, I like that, Brianna It's a top yeah, it's top awesome. tip. So Jennifer had an interesting issue when her kids all moved out of home. She really needed to learn to recalibrate the quantity of meals she was cooking, which you can understand. If you go from cooking for maybe three, four, five people back down to one or two, that would take quite a bit of relearning, I think.
1: Really would, So
0: last year she challenged herself for a month to only cook from what was in her freezer and her pantry. So obviously she bought uh, fresh food and uh, dairy, stuff like that, but everything else came from the freezer or the pantry. She said she ate a lot of soup. But it was a really helpful way of, first of all, relearning quantity and second of all, not tossing out everything that was already in the freezer. I think that's, that's really good. So Wallace has chickens, like a lot of people who wrote in, but they also have a soldier fly larva, larvae, larvae, plural of larva, farm that gets the rest. So anything that's not suitable for the chooks and often often things kind of do get beyond chicken edible. Like <laughs> yeah. Chickens can't really eat things that are mouldy or anything like that. But yeah. So much like a worm farm, I think, the soldier fly farm gets fed anything beyond chicken ability. Um, but then the larva from, larvae from <laughs> the farm is fed, uh, they're fed to the chickens. So because um, they're obviously a bug and that would be, a treat for the chooks. So it's this beautiful cycle
1: of virtuous cycle of larvae yeah. and chicken. Yeah, gross, <laughs> exactly, but awesome.
0: Well, it's not really gross. I think it's really cool.
1: It is cool. Jessica um, sort of just adds to our you know portion control. Mm-hmm. So she knows exactly how much her family eats for uh, a meal. Yes, so family of four. You know, it's about half a pound. So she will freeze in these in those portions. And so you just pull it, pull it out a day ahead, and Bob's your uncle. You know what's really good about um, they say defrosting meat
0: mm. is
1: that if you pack it quite thinly, as in like in a ziploc bag or something. Yeah, it's in a ziploc bag. But so it's not, yeah, you know, it's pretty flat. Mm-hmm. You put it in just some some water in your in your sink, just a bit of water, just normal cold water, and leave it in there for about an hour, and it should defrost. Mm. And then you can either just put it in your fridge or, or Or cook cook with it. Mm. That's a great tip.
0: It is a great tip. It's a bonus tip from Ben. Wendy prepares what she calls casserole dump bags. I hadn't heard of this before. But it's genius. So she comes home from the shops with all of her ingredients for a casserole, which her family eat on a Wednesday. She preps all the meat and all the veggies, puts everything in a like a big Ziploc bag in the freezer, freezes it all together. Wednesday morning comes, she pulls it out of the freezer, puts everything already prepped straight into the slow cooker. I think that's genius. It just takes out like two or three steps from having to prepare things Wednesday morning to putting them in the slow cooker means it takes her five minutes to get everything ready to go. By the end of the day, her uh, her casserole's ready. I think that's, that's a beauty. Yeah, it really is.
1: So Abby's all about meal planning as well, but she plans not only for the dinners, but the the lunches and the snacks. And babe. breakfast. The snacks and the breakfast. Seriously, though, that's that would be so helpful. Oh, we, we've started to do it, but mm. we don't do it for every single thing.
0: No. I think that on the weeks that I know I'm going to do one of my big bulk baking sessions, I always make sure that I've got all the ingredients for whatever I'm baking. But it makes so much sense because that's when you otherwise that's when you're going to get caught out. Like the kids come home, they're hungry, they're you gonna know, have apple and peanut butter. so there goes one of your apples for tomorrow and you find yourself having to go down to the shops and get those little bits and pieces that you run out of and that's where the extra money and waste comes from. So by a, particularly I think when you've got kids at home, allowing for those snacks uh, every day is genius.
1: It's awesome. Yeah.
0: Amanda talks about composting but specifically talks about getting an enclosed composter. Yep. So I didn't know this, but that means that you can put soup bones and yeah. stuff like that you in there. Can get,
1: you can put basically Because you don't
0: have to worry about, I guess, rats and birds and things getting yeah. in. Uh, it's completely enclosed. So if you've got the space uh, or the resources to get an enclosed like a tumbler bin, that's a good thing to, to look at as well.
1: I'm cut from the same cloth as Kim, who writes in and says, make fried rice with little bits of veg left in the fridge. Huge fan of that.
0: You love a good fried Uh, rice?
1: Yeah, with just leftover veg and even like put some frozen vegetables in there to beef it up if you don't have that much leftover. Mm -hmm. So good.
0: Yeah. And again, of course, you can use that if you've cooked rice for a curry and you've got left – like fried rice is better with day-old cooked 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 rice. Cooked rice,
1: yeah. So it's a great scratch-it meal.
0: (laughs) It is a very good scratch-it meal. Deb has – Quite a significant tip She suggests that everyone moves to Florida in summer Because it's too hot to cook So all they do is eat raw fruit and veg
1: Thanks Deb
0: <laughs> If you fly me out Deb, I will be there Carly flips Her her, uh, her weekly shop on its head And instead of meal planning and then going to Buy fruit and veg and meat and whatever To fit the meal plan She gets a seasonal box of fruit and veg Delivered and then plans her meals Around that
1: Oh so she plays the scratch at challenge every single night.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I think that really it is really in keeping with slow food because you're eating seasonally. Uh, and, of course, by eating seasonally, typically that means the, the fruit and veg you get is going to be cheaper because it's in season, it's not being kept in storage for months at a time, uh, it's going to be fresher, it's going to be tastier. Uh, and then she goes and, and makes her meals around that i think that's brilliant it's
1: awesome carly must be pretty i mean she must be pretty good in the in the kitchen it's like being in like master chef and doing the mystery box every night
0: yeah we i mean we do that to a certain extent because i try and do as many of our fruit and veg shopping uh, as much of our fruit and veg shopping at the farmer's market as possible and they only ever have what's in season so to a certain extent our food definitely changes with the season because they have no problem in saying well we're not selling Tomatoes because it's July and tomatoes don't grow now. So um, I think that if you can start to eat seasonally, definitely you're going to save uh, money and your food's, food's going to be fresher as well. Kel is really specific in her food planning, her meal planning. She figures out how many apples, oranges, etc. get eaten every week and only buys that amount. So in our family, that would be like, I don't know, 1,100 apples a week. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, taking the time to work out how many of each thing get eaten and then only buying that is really clever because otherwise you are left with leftovers that you need to figure out what to do. So much like buying the meat only in, you know, half a pound kind of portions, this is the same. I think, um, yeah, that's a good one by Kel.
1: Colleen likes to play a social experiment with her family, similar to sort of Lord of the Fri- Flies. She <laughs> or has- Lord of the Fries. Lord of the Fries. <laughs> Isn't it a shop? Yep. But yeah. <laughs> so she has five at home but cooks for three. And so then it's a battle royale to see who gets what. Whoever uh, makes it to the table yeah. first. So, But it's a good – I mean it's good for portion control and also there's always people that just uh, either are out for dinner or, you know, if there's everyone there then you'll have something to eat and then you have, you know, some cheese and crackers after dinner or something like that.
0: Yeah, and I also think what Colleen Colleen's getting at is – We so often overcook.
1: Yeah, that's true. So
0: by cutting out, you know, 40%, cutting down on the amount that you're cooking by roughly 40% means you're probably going to have just enough rather than too much, which is possibly in her household what goes to waste.
1: So if you're not a fan of leftovers, this is perfect. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Mandy writes on her fridge, I'm assuming in not permanent marker, what needs to be cooked or eaten uh, in the next few days before it goes off, and then she uses that to inspire her meal plans and to inform her online food shopping every week. So, again, that's just making do with what you've got before adding anything new, and I think that's really clever to have a visual reminder or like a running list is a really good idea. Otherwise, things do kind of get shoved to the back and even in best intentions get forgotten.
1: Sam delays food shopping for a few extra days and it enhances the creativity in the kitchen. I really like this one. I've we've tried it to a certain extent, but I'd love to do more of this, like really challenge yourself on it's amazing what you can find in a in a in a cupboard or pantry or freezer.
0: Cuz so often you think, "Oh, there's nothing to cook." But then look, like you really look at what's in oh, your fridge exactly. and there almost always is something to cook. We often just tell ourselves there isn't because it's not what we feel like. Yeah, and I it. think just, exactly again, right. shifting our mindset to abundance rather than scarcity, going there's plenty here, what can I make out of it? Is a, it's kind of fun and it's also just maximising the food and the resources we've already got. Amy is a big fan of worm farming but specifically for people who don't have Um, the space or the inclination for uh, composting. I would also add that Bokashi buckets, Bokashi bins, I think they're called, is an indoor composting system that you can put like meat and dairy and things in as well. So I think for people who don't have the space for your traditional composting, either of those options are really good and worth looking into. Uh, I know quite a few people mention their Bokashi buckets um, and I'll have a link to those in the show notes because they're really worth checking out.
1: So Danielle is an anti-prepper. She doesn't stockpile at all. She has a 72-hour kit and that's it. So Danielle is hopeful that if there is an apocalypse, it'll only last for 72 hours. (laughs) (laughs) But she doesn't keep anything extra in the pants. I feel like we're a bit like this too. Yeah. I don't think we would have meals after 72 hours. Oh. Enough for meals.
0: No, I think we would, but I really like Danielle's yeah. boundaries. You know, yeah. just saying, I've got enough for three days. Anything else beyond that, I need to go and get. And I
1: reckon we'd really struggle after two days, three days. Anyway, let's see. Let's try it. Okay. <laughs> Lisa's all about the bubble and squeak. What is bubble and squeak?
0: What sort of isn't it just all your leftover veg and stuff all mixed,
1: mixed together, together? with a <laughs> bit of flour and egg and
0: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think so.
1: Some sort of thing that. Like you binds it, it? Yeah. and then
0: what? Do you bake it?
1: I think you fry it. Hmm. Yeah. So for
0: me, I always like I grew up eating mashed veggies a lot. Like yeah. that was a that was our scratch it at home well, when I was, it was growing up. It's basically it's kind of so. like That's what I always yeah. imagined it to be. Yeah. So you just take all your odds and ends, pop them in together, mix them up, and we used to have ours on toast. It was really nice, like Sunday night dinner. Dallas is taking it way back to like the basics, only buying fresh fruit and veggies to eat because then. Anything left over can be composted. There's not going to be any, you know, anything that, that you kind of stuck with, not, fi- not being able to figure out what to do. Uh, and I think sometimes taking it way back to the simplest form is a, is a really good option as well. And that could be a fun challenge to do for a week, you know, just eating things that are compostable.
1: Stacey buys only the stuff that she knows people in her family is going to eat, not what they should eat. Or what she hoped her kids <laughs> would eat. That's, that's that's really that's really good just to keep in the back of your mind, actually.
0: Exactly, because yeah. so often we're like, "Well, we really should be eating more broccoli."
1: Yeah.
0: Like, regardless of the fact that maybe your kids hate it or yeah. they don't eat it, uh, yeah. Rather than should go with reality. Good one. Uh, Mum, mamta has an Olet or an alet Oh,
1: this I didn't even dinner. know there was a word for this. Uh, yeah. So it's it's all about the omelette. Yes. So it's an omelette with everything in it. The all goes in the omelette. Kind so, of dish. So alette, alette.
0: Well, I think it's just a com like it's a it's just a combination of like all
1: food goes in an omelette. Like I oh don't.
0: Oh my god! I thought it was French or something. <laughs> it might be. Maybe I'm just like some kind of olette.
1: Oh, yeah, it is. It's it's all an omelette. Oh my god! I'm so sorry, sorry, Mamta. That's a really good one. <laughs> it is a really good one.
0: Angel is a big fan of the end-of-week stews and soups, so just a use-it-up kind of situation. Growing your own, absolutely. And learning to dehydrate, which is you're the first person who mentioned dehydration, the only person, and it's such a good one. Um, we don't have a dehydrator. I often, I often think that I'd like to, particularly with um, fruits and stuff. I think it's, it's really top. I mean, you would love to make your own jerky, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Yep. And Margaret has the last one, and this is something that I need more information on.
1: Okay.
0: She keeps her leftover veggies, her leftover cooked veggies, in a container in the freezer and then makes falafel out of it. Mm. Now, I'm a big falafel fan. Mm. I need to know how you do this, Margaret. Like, I've seen the recipes for a homemade falafel, obviously, but please tell me how you use all your veggies to make falafel. I think that will change my life.
1: Brooke loves Brooke's top three foods for anyone out there at the moment is falafel, cucumber, and hummus. Give her those three things, and she's happy. Yep, true, absolutely true. Anyway, that's the that's the complete list. That's the list of all the ideas, both ours and our wonderful listeners, and it's fantastic.
0: I did tell you it was going to be epic. That yeah. was that was intense. That was crazy. Like, yeah. We will have a complete list of all these tips in case you missed them, which is highly likely that you missed a few, over at slowyourhome.com/169. I will have links to as many resources as possible as well. We've done a few episodes where we've spoken about meal planning. I've written some blog posts back in the day about meal planning, all that kind of stuff. So I will link to all of those things in the show notes. But again, head over there, leave a message if you've got a comment rather if you've got your own tip that we haven't covered and i'm sure there will be a lot of them because like we said it wasn't wasn't exhaustive uh it was comprehensive but not exhaustive and until uh until we meet again <laughs> have a great week Thanks again for listening to our episode today. Just wanted to mention that we were sponsored today by our friends at attitude makers of ethical organic bamboo sheets and uh and delicious pyjamas as well. Don't eat them, just wear them. Head over to attitude.com.au slash slow home and use the code sleep better and you'll get 10% off your first order at attitude And uh enjoy that cloud suit. Jackrabbit FM for your ears. Who is that? Hi Pap Pass.